Welcome everybody to another fine, fine edition of Frankensteiner. I'm your host, not Marty. It is me, Clifford Miller. Um, and usually I have Julie Jubaka with me, but she had to step away for this week. So I had to pull real deep and get the man himself. Um, but we do have a special guest today. Our special guest is the one and only Chris Idol. Returning back for his second podcast. Excited to have him on. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going, Cliff? How are you? Doing well, doing well. It's, it is awesome to get you on the air with us again. I know the last time we kicked it, uh, we had a great podcast, so I'm definitely excited to have you on this time. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. I know it's funny because like, last week we had Jamila, and now this week we get you, so we go from the president to the ceo get you guys both on this is awesome <laughs> so i'm looking let's, forward to it let's do it man yeah let's talk about what's going on with uh wcf so i know um madness is going on in a couple weeks so talk to us a little bit about the plans and maybe what you got going on for madness okay so uh, for those that don't know uh our biggest show of the year is wrestling madness and that's coming up in uh, two weeks now. And we got a pretty solid lineup. I'm excited for the show. Uh, it's definitely, like I said, it's our biggest show of the year. So that's when everyone kind of wants to pull out the stops and put forth their best performance. Uh, this year's main event is going to feature uh, Damien Fatal, who's the WCF champion, defending against the icon, Chaz Evans, who you guys are familiar with. And they're going to be having a ladder match. And I'm really excited to see that because uh, we don't get to see ladder matches very often in WCF. Nice. And Damien is a little bit of a ladder match expert, as you'd say. He's undefeated in them. So uh, this should be good. Chaz, you know, is a daredevil. So hopefully they don't kill each other, but they'll definitely put on an exciting performance. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Chaz is wild. There's no, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. It's, <laughs> it's funny, man, because, like, we... So we ran into each other. I knew that. I guess I, guess I did know, but we still kind of ran into each other over at a uh, AUW's Awakening um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago now. I don't know. It was last week. Um, and we just sat back, man. We had fun with like the whole show, and of course, you know, WCF. We always have fun at that sh- uh, at our shows. Um, but it was just, it was interesting aspects and it's just kind of cool to meet different people in different promotions. And I see like, I see how you guys do it now, like working with different promotions. Cause I know we have, uh, a lot of different promotions coming to work with WCF for madness, right? Yes. We will have three different promotions that'll be there. Uh, two from New York, one from Pennsylvania. Very excited. Anytime those guys come down, they're all so super talented and it's just really nice to mix it up with their guys. Yes. And I'm really proud of the partnership that we formed over the last, uh, about a year now, since we uh, hooked up with those guys. Nice. Well, I know, I, I do, I get to talk to a lot of them. I know a couple of them reached out to me and asked me if I could come be a part of their shows, and I, it's very exciting. Just like, I was like, man, I've only been in one match, man, and you guys are inviting me to like your list of shows, and I was like, I don't. I don't think I'm ready for that just yet. <laughs> in due time, man. In due time, you'll you'll get used to it real quickly. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Either by choice or by force. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see it uh, by... Uh, but I can see it by force, but I definitely want it to happen by choice. There's no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so we have our main event. Um, what do you, I guess the next question would be, where do you see WCF in the next, you know, five to ten years? Well, definitely within the next five years, I want to continue to partner up with, with, with uh, promotions around the country. Right now, we're kind of working our way up the Northeast, but I want to have partnerships all over because traveling and going to all these different places, it's just, it's such a cool experience. For me personally, you know, I kind of got stuck in the the hometown bubble. I haven't really done as much traveling as I'd like. So within the last, uh, like I said, we partnered up with these places last year. And unfortunately, right before I was supposed to hit the first trip, I ended up breaking my foot in a match, and I had to miss out. So right now, I'm kind of making up for lost times. Like I said, we got two promotions in New York that we visited, uh, one in Pennsylvania. Uh, actually, in Madness, we've got a kid that's coming from Ohio uh, to wrestle on our show. So hopefully, we'll be WCF will be making their way out to Ohio, partner up with his home promotion. And there's a few down south that I'd like to get into. There's some more in Pennsylvania. So really, I just want to keep branching out, forming these partnerships. Yeah. Seeing uh, who's out there, what's out there, getting their best to mix it up with our best. That would be... Because, you, you know, you gotta have you got to have good competition, you know? Always. I and mean... it's a good way to keep everyone on their toes. Because everyone can get a little, you know, a little bit complacent. You know, if you're wrestling the same people all the time, you kind of settle into so you know you settle in to your habit wrestling I mean, new people forces you to kind of up your game a little bit stay on your toes sharpen it and it's just it's a good experience yeah and no, plus I, it's I, really I, a lot of fun yeah i totally i totally understand about like the competition aspect especially because i mean what we're seeing right now is a huge trend especially for like like wwe like having huge issues right now uh you know like ratings there's no real competition for them ratings are dropping you know they're even struggling to sell out stomping grounds. Uh, it's it's crazy to see how everything is like playing out. But I do understand like you know you do want to get in contact with you know different organizations. I know I know a couple friends who wrestle in Jacksonville, Florida. They mm-hmm. always put on like ridiculous shows. Um, so I could definitely reach out if that's something that oh, you'd I would want. Love to wrestle down there. <laughs> um i need need an excuse to go back to florida oh definitely <laughs> i would i would kill to go back just for for a, a weekend in jacksonville i have so much fun and i know a lot oh, okay. of friends who would be more than willing to be like hey you guys can come stay with us for a little bit like it's uh yeah it's like a second home for me um Speaking of, so moving over from w, WCF, let's move up to, we'll talk about the the lack of interest, I guess, for WWE, you know, um, and I, it was a question I asked Jamila last week, and we were kind of talking about it. So Raw has been slipping in their ratings. Obviously, uh, you know, there was game six for, was it game six, game five for the, for the Raptors, Warriors, but the bigger problem is that the ratings have been sleeping consistently 
right, in a downward spiral. So how would you, if you got to control the WWE Raw roster, what would you do to help drive viewers back into uh, to watch the product? I think what I would do is you well first and foremost you gotta you you would you gotta focus on I would say three baby faces three heels get them really hot really interesting because if you got a product and nobody's making any waves it's gonna be hard to get people to interested in what you're doing it's just really hard it's kind of like if you were I don't know, it's kind of like if you were making a movie and no one knew you were making a movie. Kind of, no matter how hard you work, if the word's not out there, it's going to be hard to get, you know, viewerships on the, eyes on the product. But something needs to happen where it gets people's attention. That's first and foremost. Something's got to get people's attention in WWE overall. Because even though Raw's been slipping, as we know, for little while now it's because nothing really noteworthy is happening on the show from a storytelling aspect if you think about raw when it was good and i'm not just talking about the attitude era we could go back maybe five years or so think about like when cm punk was around the pipe bomb or in the nexus debut things like that that get people talking the day after like oh man did you watch Raw last night? Did you see that, uh, you know, this happened? There's not anything really noteworthy. It just feels like it's a, a show that's just on TV right now. No one's really doing anything super important. So for me, I would try to focus on getting people talking. Maybe not necessarily something wild or crazy, but something that makes people want to talk about it the next day. I think that's what's missing right now from WWE. Yeah, I can you can agree. go all the way. Yeah, you can go all the way back. You know, before the Attitude Era, WWE was always doing something that would make you want to talk about it the next day. And the last few years, for whatever reason, I don't really know what the reason. It's probably not just one. It's probably several different reasons. But there hasn't been something that made you go. You make you go, you know, talk to your buddy and say, hey, did you catch Raw last night? Such and such happened. You need to go check this out. Yeah. No, I agree. I that's the biggest thing lacking right now. Yeah. I can, I can see that, too. Like, there's not – the funny thing is, is, like, so they, like, did the wild card rule, right, to try to, like, spur up more viewers. But the problem ended up being is that the wild card rule just happens to be, like, the same five guys on two different shows – and then, like, this past week, especially on Raw, for those who didn't know, who didn't watch, we did for you. And you're welcome. Um, the biggest one is that we had Shane McMahon, like, on both shows, probably hogging up close to 50 minutes of just TV time between the two five hour or between the five hours of Raw and SmackDown, which is, like, unnecessary. Because as cool as it is to see Shane back on on the main roster he's just not a needle mover and you really need that needle mover like when ronda was around like she got people talking and then even like towards the end of wrestlemania when wrestlemania was coming up 
you know, when she flipped and turned heel, like, everybody was like, dude, did you see the promo that she dropped? God, she was a dick. And it was awesome. But then, like, now we just look back and we're just like, dude, like, you're not getting eyes on a product because you're putting out the same boring product. And it's ridiculous, especially this time of the season where the the draft is over. Now the NHL playoffs are ended. The NBA playoffs are ended. Like, all you have is baseball. Like, you should exactly. be putting butts in seats now. Like, gas pedal to the metal. But instead, what we got was, like, rematch central for, like, stomping grounds, right? So there's no storylines to progress you know, obviously, I had Super Showdown um, and the Redacted City, State, Country, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> but now we're looking back and we're like, geez, man, like, where do we, where do you go from here, right? And I think it was kind of messed up, too, because they took a whole bunch of guys over to Jetta and then they came back to Brawl and Vince, Kevin Dunn, Triple H, who was in uh, Orlando filming, which is understandable, and then Steph who usually doesn't make TV appearances anyway, or she only makes TV appearances. She doesn't really, like, show up to be in a backstage. So when Vince and Kevin aren't there, there's nobody else to, like, make the call. And Vince is all the way in Connecticut handling corporate stuff and staying phoned into the to the product. It's ridiculous. Like, you have to, like, set the world on fire somehow, man. Like, just do it. Like, AEW got all of our attention because of Dave Meltzer, right? And let's be real, uh, Dave Meltzer, when he said that they weren't going to sell out the United Center, and they did, and now exactly. everything, everything about them has set yeah, it off. The entire elite, they, they inadvertently were challenged, like you said, by Dave Meltzer, when he said they couldn't do it. They took that as a challenge. That lit a fire under them. And they've been motivated ever since. And it's like, okay, we did this. Now can we do this? And basically, it's just been a series of them setting goal after goal after goal to keep themselves motivated. To see how far they can take it. And like you said, with WWE, they're just, it's it's stagnant right now. Because I remember last time uh, when I was on the podcast, we talked about it a little bit. That, you know, the, the lack of competition over the past, you know, 20 years, basically, has kind of... And it killed them. It's hard to have a fire under you when you've got no real motivation to do better. Right. And I think that AEW is starting to... It's definitely gotten their attention. I think with, uh, with Ambrose leaving to be Moxley again, I think that's gotten WWE's attention. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, I, I'm like I'm loving with AEW. I know we weren't talking about AEW, but since we're here now, AEW, <laughs> I loved Double or Nothing, uh, Fire Fest. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. And Fighter. then Fighter All Fest. Out. I'm sorry, Fighter Fest. <laughs> Fire Fest is, was uh, a fail. That looks that's an awesome show. <laughs> um, All Out is going to be fantastic. But what I'm really really interested in with AEW is their show in the fall on TNT. Right. Because I don't want to say it's easy to put on a great show every once in a while, but that's going to be the real test for them. 
seeing them on a weekly basis. Can they continuously put out a weekly product that we're going to dig and be really into? I think they can. I'm looking forward to it. But I think that's going to be the true testament to when WWE says, all right, guys, now we really, really, really got to do something. Well, it's funny because like those guys, those guys, they haven't said the weekly program yet, but they've got so many veterans behind the scenes who are going to help them with all that stuff, right? So you have Dustin. Obviously, you have Cody, right? We got to start with that. Then you have Dustin. Yeah. You have Jericho. You have Moxley. You have Spears, Sean Spears, a.k.a. Tyler D- Tyler Dillinger, for those who didn't know. Um, the perfect 10. And then you have, like, Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson. You know, you have all these guys in the backstage that, that run it weekly. And you're just – you're set. God, man, like, Cody – Cody's going to add more pieces, and we know there's going to be, like, more guys attached to this. But, like, the team that he has set right now, I don't I don't think you could ask for a better team. Like, obviously, you have your unhinged guy in Moxley, but you have 20-plus years experience in Jericho. You have 20-plus years, well, 30-plus years in Dustin. You have 30-plus years in Arn Anderson. You have 30-plus years in Damon You're, like... You've got like a guru of guys who literally you're like, hey, how can we do this? Well, we did this one time that way. Perfect. Let's run it. And it's like it's it's amazing to see like all the vast knowledge that they'd be able to get too, especially with um, SCU being there too. Like they're so they're down just to help build guys up. It's amazing to see how they're going to be able to do it and run a weekly broadcast coming up, whether that's Tuesday or Wednesday, because I know I've heard it both ways, that it was supposed to be Tuesday night Dynamite, and then I've heard Wednesday night Dynamite. But it'll be interesting to yeah. see what happens with, with that show. Absolutely. So. But I am looking forward to it. So I got to ask, currently. If nothing else, <laughs> if nothing else, just to see WWE get the fire under their ass again because i think everyone can agree wwe is at its best when it's got competition yeah i would have to agree when there's guys that can push them they 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 can answer this whole i mean i think they you know it took them a couple years though to get running but once they got running like that's all it took but because remember like Hall and Nash came over, was it 95 to WCW and invaded? 90, it might have been 96. Um, and then it took for that Attitude Era to really get started with Triple H and DX and all those guys. It wasn't until like 96, 97. And the NWO had been running shit in WCW. Yeah. Goldberg came through. Paige showed up. Uh, Sting really came through with like the Crow look. Like so... It took them yeah, a little yeah, bit, but it was once when, uh, they got it going. When WWE started getting their asses kicked, that's when they said, okay, something's got to change. What do we got to do? Right. I think for them, though, because their shows are going to go Monday, Friday, it's not a real big concern for them because they're like, well, we're only losing so many to these guys. But if AEW shows up like on a Tuesday and just lights the world on fire, people are going to skip on WWE's product. And they might watch NXT because obviously NXT, a lot of hardcore wrestling fans understand that, you know, NXT is is lit. But it, I don't know if it's, yeah. I don't know if it's because of, it might be a, a combination of things where like, because Triple H 
isn't he's like he's hands on, but he's not super hands on. He's kind of like I'll let the writer team write, and then we'll try to adjust little stories here and there. Plus, they have great indie wrestlers that come through and can like light the product on fire. Yeah. So it's a great combination for him for that. But I don't. They have yet. I mean, other than Velveteen Dream, they haven't really made stars out of NXT. Like, be honest. Like, can you really find those stars? They 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 really turned out. That is true. I think. Uh, yeah, there there aren't too many homegrown talents to come out of NXT to really do something. I the Velveteen Dream, Vent Fandango. I, um, Fandango, you could classify as as one. Uh, it's Rusev could be another. Yeah. Um, Two thirds of New Day. Well, yeah. But, uh, most well, yeah, Xavier didn't it, come. That, did Xavier come out of NXT? Yes, he he did. He he wasn't there long, but he was there. I mean, Woods kind of counts because Woods did some stuff in in Impact. That's so he kind of had him. a I remember little him as bit Austin of a, Creed. <laughs> yeah. So I guess Wood, yeah, Woods, he had a little bit of a name behind him when he got there. But, uh, yeah, mostly the NXT guys are the, uh, the best of the indies that, you know, WWE snatched up. Yeah. And just uh, sprinkled a little WWE dust on them. And then, yeah, because I mean, think about it. Like, Samoa Joe had a big name before getting in there. Finn Balor had a big name before getting in. Uh, Seth, a lot mm-hmm. of people... A lot of people say Seth Rollins would be considered a WWE guy because he went from Ring of Honor to OVW to NXT and or Florida Championship. He went to FCW, yeah. then over to uh, WWE, you know, then WWE NXT and WWE, and same with Roman. And I was like, I don't really. I, I was like, if you, because I remember ROH had a, a little fun, and they called. Um, I think WWE had WrestleMania. It was a WrestleMania event coming up, and mm-hmm. Ring of Honor was like, "Hey guys, we have all those stars too." And they use like their alternate names. And you had Brian Danielson. You had you know uh, Rollins's last. I forgot Rollins's name before he got in. Black Tyler then, Black. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Black. Then you had uh, Cesaro was mentioned on there. Like there were so many names of all these guys who are in the in in WWE. That all got their start right at ROH. CM Punk was mentioned on there. I was like, dude, this is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And it was just, they were all yeah. like in the top of the card. It was like, damn. So I think when it comes to the indie stars, I mean, I, that's what I said. Like, the indies, the indie guys know how to turn whatever product they're being handed to them and just make it their own and shine. Because I look at guys like Keith Lee, Punishment Martinez, Adam Cole, I mean, Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, even Shayna Baszler, like, they all came from the indie scene and, like, are just lighting the world yeah. on fire with, like, all the material that they're getting. So it's a, it's a great combination yeah. to have, but it's also a scary one because when you think of some of the projects that they've had, they're trying to build up, they haven't really been that successful. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody's going to be out there and be like, at me, and they're going to be like, WWE turns out the best wrestlers, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, <laughs> whatever. So <laughs> speaking of something, before we – really got on the air right we were kind of talking about this and i kind of want to get your opinion right um mm-hmm. so something i kind of said in a chat room uh with a bunch of other friends that run this podcast with us 
But there has to be, at some point, Vince McMahon has got to know, like, even though he's got big-name values and guys like Goldberg, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kane, Undertaker, you take your pick, he's got to stop main-eventing these guys as in these these shows. Like, and talk about, like, the Crown Jewel show. I'm talking about the Super Showdown show. Uh, Even, um, Mm -hmm. what was it? Super Showdown in Australia. Like, you get these big-name guys, like The Undertaker, Triple H, but they're all over 50. And the biggest problem is you have someone like Goldberg who still thinks he can headbutt a locker and walk out with no problems <laughs> and then get concussed. And then you run into a situation uh, where yeah, Goldberg gives a, a failed suplex to Taker and yeah. almost broke his neck. Goldberg almost broke his own neck running into a turnbuckle. Like, there's got to be at some point where, because I'll be honest, when the last show was the greatest Royal Rumble happened, Undertaker versus Rusev, mm-hmm. I liked that match because it was like a younger guy, obviously, versus Taker, but that younger guy was able to make him look good. Triple H versus Undertaker was good too yeah. because, you know, Triple H, he, he can still go because he rarely wrestles, but he wrestles enough. And then after yeah. that, it's like, yo, dude, like, what are you doing? Shawn Michaels doing a backflip off the turnbuckle, didn't get caught by uh, Taker or Kane, <laughs> bust his face open, broke his nose. Goldberg didn't even wrestle, you know, in a yeah. year, spears a turnbuckle and busts his head open and it gets concussed. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's your opinion on that? Okay, so. <laughs> My opinion on this. Now, I, I got a little bit of a different view because I do wrestle. I, I, Cliff, I could tell you this. Wrestling is one of those things that the more you do it consistently, the more natural things are going to flow. But if you haven't done it in a long time, it's really hard to just hop back in there and do it. You're going to be a little off. It's much harder to wrestle once a year than it is to wrestle, every, you know, five nights a week. Because you, you got to get back, you got to get back in the groove. And with those guys, like a Shawn Michaels and an Undertaker, Kane, Goldberg, they'll be gone for so long and have to hop back in there and they're expected to, you know, for it to just, you know, like it's flipping a switch. You can't just flip the switch. You need to ease back into it. You can't. It's going to take a couple of matches to shake off that kind of rust. Because the rust is there. So that's that. Now, I agree. Vince relies on those guys so much because of their name value. People know who they are. They were big stars. And in order to get, and there, were people, there are people that will tune in specifically just because those people's names are on the show. And that actually ties into what I was saying a little bit earlier where they need to get guys on a roll, get them hot doing things that gets people talking. Because really, right now, we all have our favorite wrestlers, our favorite performers that do really well. But if you think about it, a lot of these wrestlers today are all kind of the same from a character standpoint. Like, no one, from a character standpoint, really stands out right now there aren't any more there aren't any more 
Undertakers that have this unique presence about them, or Goldberg, or I, I think honestly, John Cena was probably the last wrestler to really feel unique. Yeah, I can. Agree and right with that. now, WWE. Yeah, and right now, no one really feels unique. They all feel kind of cookie cutter. Like, think about it. If I say, like, if I actually right now, Cliff, all right, how many people in WWE right now do some form of a suicide dive? You could probably name, like, 20 guys right now. Right. <laughs> guys and girls. Yeah. Or I say, okay, how many people can do uh, some form of springboard? <laughs> Everybody. Like, everyone kind of, they're kind of all doing the same stuff. Same kind of character and i think that's the biggest flaw right now there aren't any individuals that stand out you know the rock was cool because he was different from everyone else stone cold was cool different from everyone else goldberg different sting different cena different and right now there's no one that really stands out from the pack not even like a not even like a roman reigns who i guess is like their their guy now right well, it's like it's so weird, right? The, because um it's very weird. And well, it's probably the first time in like WWE history that there's like yeah, everyone's kind of the same. No one's really standing out from the pack. And I think that plays into like the the eh factor when you watch Raw. You're not seeing anybody that's unique. Right. I was thinking about it, right? So like it's it's weird how Ricochet is just another guy. When the last three years, while he was in NXT and right before, right in the Indies, like when he was starting to get really, really hot, like he was that guy. Like everybody was watching him. He was wrestling great matches, but then he could have that high flyer aspect to it. I mean, I think about the match that he had with uh, Will Ospreay and like all the spot fest that they had in there. The match that he had with the Young Bucks and uh, and Matt Seidel. Like it's just insane to me that. He's he's flattened out. He's just another guy, and it's it's crazy how Absolutely. quick they did it. It's just it's un it's unparalleled Absolutely. to me. Like how a guy like Finn Balor, when he comes out as the demon, you're kind of like, oh, that's cool, the demon's there, instead of like exactly. Yo. And then when Finn Balor isn't the demon, he's just a regular guy that does what everyone else does. Right. <laughs> you're right. You're right, and it's it's crazy because I mean, there's and I'm. It, sh- and as much as we want to put that on, you know, Vince and the writing team, there's only but it, it's got to be like a a thing with the wrestlers too. Yeah, like they're you know they can control what they do. Like you know if everyone like the, with me when it comes to wrestling, I always try to be different than everyone else. Whether it's I look, whether it's the way I look or the way I wrestle, like, okay, if everyone's doing a suicide dive, well, I'm going to be the guy that doesn't do the suicide dive. Everyone's (laughs) doing a springboard. Well, I'm going to be the guy that doesn't do the springboard. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of, um, that reminds me of, uh, all in when, uh, Mm -hmm. Tommy dreamer and, and, uh, Billy Gunn threw everybody out of the ring and they all went to go do the dive. But as they went to dive, they just like stepped, through the middle rope and then like jumped in a crowd and started punching people. 
<laughs> you saying that just reminded exactly. me of that. <laughs> or or think about a guy like Orange Cassidy right now. Oh my god. Orange Cassidy <laughs> is so different from anyone else that's out there. He just does things so differently that he gets your attention for that reason. Just like Ricochet on the Indies, he could do all this flippy, amazing thing. And that's what got his, you know, everyone's attention while he was on the Indies. But then once you joined WWE, well, now he's not so unique because there are several guys on the WWE roster that can be, you know, can do the flips and the dives. Maybe not with the exact accuracy that he does because he's just a freak of nature. But yeah, it's like it's a weird, it's a weird thing. There isn't much individuality on the WWE main roster. Just to put it out there, I did not prep I did not prep Chris to mention Orange Cassidy. That is now the second time <laughs> he's been mentioned in two weeks. Like I was talking about like how it, it, it you're right. He one hundred percent is like one of the most unique wrestlers out there. Just cause like he's got that like he I feel like if Matt Riddle right didn't claim that he was the king of the bros or the super bro like yeah that orange cassidy straight up could be like yo living that cali life wrestling that cali style like laid back <laughs> like i 100% yeah. see that but it's you're right i mean you think yeah, about wrestlers on the scene presence about him yeah well like yeah just same thing it, with uh, velveteen dream in nxt right when he comes out he's got a unique presence about him he is not like anyone else on that show yeah, you're right. I and mean, he's someone that catches your attention, and he's like, "Okay, wait a minute, who's this guy? Who is this? Let me look for a second. Well, look at <laughs> look at uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, like when he was going through NXT, like man, like his yes. entrance, his style, the way he carried himself, like you're one hundred percent on board. And now you're looking back at him, and he is. He's just another guy. Like maybe he's got a different finisher, yeah, but he's just another guy, and it's just. It's insane to me, like how quick WWE is. Like, nope, you will be that person, and you are that person, and you are that person, and then you have. Yeah. Pretty soon, you're like, well, wait a minute, all three. And I think part of it too, right, is the road agents yeah. out there in WWE while they're on the home turf trying to plan a match. Like they're all like, all right, uh, good guy is gonna get worked over ninety percent of the time, and then in yeah. the last ten percent, he's gonna make the comeback, get the win. Just go out there, guys, yeah. chin rest. You know, lock arm locks, wrist exactly. locks, and then go. And exactly, and it does fall on the agents too, because you know the agents are the ones that are helping them plan the matches. And like you said, all of the WWE matches on Raw and SmackDown, they're kind of cookie cutter. Yep. Like you said, they follow the same basic formula. You know that when this spot happens, oh, okay, they're about to go to commercial. <laughs> yep exactly guy gets thrown out the ring okay you know the commercial break's coming okay we know at this point this is probably gonna happen at this point this is probably gonna happen and it just yeah it, it's very it feels very routine everyone you know everyone feels the same when guys are cutting promos all the promos feel the same now there are exceptions like uh Samoa Joe comes to mind. His promos feel different than anyone else's promos right. on the show. 
But for the most part, everyone, and I mean everyone, feels like they're cutting the same promo. Unless you've got like a guy like Triple H on the show, or Taker, or one of the legends. But everyone's basically cutting the same kind of promo, same style, same cadence. I mean, I can, okay, I can give you... I can give you that. I can give you to to the majority of them, right? But I and you're right. There are your exceptions, right? So Samoa Joe, I would definitely count as an exception. Uh, Xavier Woods would have to be another one, and then that's uh, a good one Daniel too, Bryan. Yeah. Like all three of those guys, they don't yeah. they don't feel the same. Like Seth Rollins, yeah. he does feel very like this is how I'm going to talk. Yeah, this is what I'm going to do. The standard, yeah, the standard babyface pro. Yeah, where you get someone like Xavier Maybe, Woods, yeah, who's standard- like. We're going to finish this match really quick because I got to get back to E3. Like, you know, Vince is like, yeah. what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> yeah. Who let him say this? And of this? course, Leo, there's like, there, there are exceptions out there. Like, you know, but it's just, there's a lot of, no one feels special or different. There's no real head turn. Now, ever, now, I will say this: most of the people, I would, I'll give ninety-five percent of the people when they're out there, they're 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 good, doing doing they're doing good work. They're not shitting the bed, doing the best of what they can. Like, but there's no individuality. There's no one that's really standing out above the pack. There's no one that feels different, and that that's really what's missing in WWE and what AEW has a really good mix of right now. Yeah, if you look at their roster, no one feels. No two people wrestle the same. Everyone's got their own uniqueness about them. Whether it's the way they look, the way they wrestle, the way they talk. I'm not going to mistake this person for that person. Right. <laughs> I mean... Like, uh, I, I saw a meme a uh, couple of weeks ago. It was like, uh, when your friend that doesn't watch uh, WWE anymore sees a masked wrestler... And ass is that Rey Mysterio. Oh my god. <laughs> and that made me think. And it's like, well, shit, all the mass wrestlers, they kind of. <laughs> they make them all. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, like, I watched when we were watching uh, Super Showdown and they had a 51, uh, 51 Battle Royale. I don't care what anybody says. 51 mm-hmm. man Battle Royale. Um, <laughs> Sin Cara was in a ring. And I was like, is that Sin Cara? Like, I had to stare at it for a second. I was like, that's not Sin Cara. Oh, shit. No, it is. It is Sin Cara. I was like, Jesus, man. Like, what happened? <laughs> like, like, I get it. It's true. I think, so when it comes to WWE, I think right now, if I would say like the past eight weeks, nine weeks, Bray Wyatt has really shown off like where he is and what he's going to be about. Because his... His promos don't sound like anything that's on the main roster, which yes. is such a breath of fresh air. Like, I will give the credit where credit is due. I'm glad Vince kind of told him and his writer, yes. like, hey, go write some shit, film it, and let's go from there. You know, and. Yes, that is an excellent example. The Fireflies Funhouse segments, because it's a break from the routine. It doesn't. It doesn't even matter if it's really good or not. It's getting people talking, and it's different from everything else. Right. That's that's all I. Which can talk sometimes about. that's the best it could be. 
if it gets people talking, it's working. Right. Like, I do. Like, I, you know, week one, when they showed, like, Mercy the Buzzard in the box, everybody was like, kind of making fun of him. Like, oh, it's the bird raptor. It's, it's, it's a, it's a buzzard, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. that first episode of Firefly Funhouse, when Bray came out, and he literally looked like, like a deranged Mr. Rogers. Everybody I talked to was like, this is dumb. I'm like, no, guys, this is brilliant. Like, this is probably one of my favorite things of all time. They're like, no, no, no. Four weeks later, dude, I love Firefly Funhouse. I was like, I know. Exactly. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. I'm glad you guys have figured it out now. Because <laughs> I, I did the same thing. When it, when it, when it, the, first, uh, the first one aired, I looked at it and I said, now I'm pretty open-minded, so I didn't hate it. But I definitely, when it was over, I was like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was the same way. At first I was like, yo, what, and then of course, I was like, what is this? Yeah. You were just kind of watching the TV and kind of awe. Like, what did I just see? I need to call someone and tell them about this. Right. And see if they saw it too. And that's I, exactly what they need more of. Things like that. Yeah. Where it's like. I need to hit up somebody and talk about this with them. I loved, I loved the fact that, and it was like everything that Bray Wyatt has done in every single episode of Firefly Funhouse has had some kind of meaning to it, right? Whether it was like yeah. this, let's talk about this last episode, right? Which was, and to be honest, this was a highlight of both Raw and SmackDown on both sides. Because, <laughs> sorry, SmackDown, you guys let me down too, but um. Not your fault. I get it. You'll get your shit together hopefully this week. But for Firefly Funhouse, like you had, you know, Rambling Rabbit obviously battling Mercy the Buzzard, um, and they were kind of go back and forth. But then, like, as soon as Bray said it, he's like, "Do I need to get the Fiend back?" Like, both of them started shaking ridiculously hard because they knew what that meant. But I love the aspect mm-hmm. of he has the gloves, like hurt and heal, and he's like, "I'm gonna let fate talk to me." But as he put his hands to his head, it's just the voices in his head. It's just kind of like making him rattle mm-hmm. around. And then he lets <laughs> – and as soon as Rambling Rabbit goes, I'm going to tell you guys what's really going on back here. Uh, I, I, could, I could not help but feel like that was a shot at Dean Ambrose or John Moxley, depending on what you want to call him. Um, and then like he hit him <laughs> with the mallet. But as he hits him with the mallet, he's got like the red eye paint that goes down his eyes. Could not help mm-hmm. but felt like that was a shot at Chris Jericho. I was like, <laughs> damn. Like, everything that's going on right now is like, these are shots at other wrestlers. And I was like, I can't wait. I I really hope that Bray takes a shot at some point at Sean Spears, right? Just because then you could be like, oh, shit, he's referencing other things that are going on. And then just destroys, like, <laughs> everybody on the roster. I just... That's all I want to see. <laughs> hey, it's possible. I mean, it seems like it seems to me that Bray Wyatt has a lot of free reign when it comes to things with his character. Right. I to me, to I get that vibe that they trust him to go out and just experiment with things, which is a trust that I don't think they have with everyone. Definitely Which is not. a shame. 
It was. But he seems to have more freedom than a lot of guys on the rock. Well, it feels like so. It feels like Vince. You could tell like who Vince really trusts, right? So obviously the yeah. New Day, because I feel like they cut their own promos. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Bray is one of those guys right now. Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. is one of those guys, and it's mm-hmm. like I had. I'm not. I'm not going to be surprised that on Monday night, if it's true that Bray Wyatt is going to show up Monday night on Raw. I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if the crowd goes ape shit and he becomes a he is seen as a face even though he's being presented as a heel. Like I would not be surprised. Oh, he's so going to get a baby face. He's reaction. so over. He's over right now. Like I just won't be surprised if like the crowd cheers him and even if he wrestles like, like he let's say he beats up a Seth Rollins type, I just feel like the crowd is just going to cheer him on. Like yeah, you're gonna have this guy. You're not, and then the WWE is gonna be like, "Well, it's not working. People are cheering him. They're supposed to boo him. We'll just pull the plug," and that's what we're gonna see. Yes, and they do have a habit of that. If it doesn't get the desired reaction, they do backpedal real quick, which just can be very frustrating uh, sometimes too. Well, I know there's just like an interesting story with uh, Austin. You know, with Creed or Xavier Woods, for for some for Woods, he said um he went to Vince McMahon and he's like, hey, I promise I can get fans to boo Kofi in three weeks. Just let me work on it. And Vince was like, no one's gonna boo Kofi. He's like, yeah, they will. And three weeks later, mm-hmm. there they are booing Kofi Kingston. And I think that's when Vince was like, all right, let them do what they want to do. And we'll just go from there. And so that's yeah. pretty much why they got the free reign. And I think, you know, I think the idea that Vince has is Bray's going to come out. He's going to get booed. And we're going to run run him as a, as a, a heel, like a, a great heel. But the problem is going to be is that he's going to show up. He's going to beat up like it, it could be anybody, to be honest. Shit, you could have Rizongo out there like doing their thing, and Bray's going to go out there and beat the shit out of them. And they're going to be like, yeah, that's what you get, Brizongo. And everybody's going to be like, wait, what? We we love Fashion Files, though. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think that's the, the, the issue that we're going to run into with, unfortunately, with the Firefly Funhouse. But I have to say, these last nine weeks have been amazing to, to run through. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, another thing, we're going to jump out of WWE. We're going to jump into AEW, right? So, some some big matches were called out, right? The biggest match that we had called out, uh, announced recently, actually, was Kenny Omega versus John Moxley at All Out. And the interesting thing I have for this is, how do you book this match to make both guys look strong, right? Because you can't have Kenny lose because if Kenny loses, he's dropped Mm -hmm. two on big AEW pay-per-views. But you can't have John Moxley win or lose either because if he loses, now it's like he's stumbled out the gate. So I just find a dilemma to be very interesting and like it's caught my attention. But I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm so fucking hyped for this match. 
Yeah, it's going to be a great match. Now, I agree with you, too. When I saw that match on paper, I said, oh, man, this is fantastic. But, oh, crap, who loses? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's, a, that's an interesting spot to be in. Huh. Now, for me, I'm thinking it's going to end in some kind of screwy finish. It that's just me. That, that, that's just me. Because, like you said, you're not going to have Kenny lose again. Although he certainly could, but it doesn't seem like the best idea to have him lose again. And you certainly can't have Mox. He's the, the hottest thing going right now. Right. So you certainly can't have him lose. But I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But another big match that was announced. And you I'm had excited mentioned, for it either way. Oh, gotta be. Um, but another big match that you had talked about, right? A big big show coming up, Fighter Fest. Um, it's it's definitely cool to see. But I'm interested in uh, John Moxley versus Joey Janela. Like I just feel like that match. That's gonna be some crazy shit going on, especially with what happened at Double or Nothing with Joey Janela taking a staple gun to the face with a lit cigarette. I don't know who does that. It's insane. But <laughs> I would say I'm excited for this match, especially for the little promo that they set up. No words were even exchanged. It was just like a quick 30 seconds. And I was like, dude, I'm on board with that match. And it, it was crazy to see. Yes. Yes, it was. It was. It was exciting. Like you said, no words needed, but it accomplished everything they wanted it to. It was like, ooh. That's something we got to see. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is, this is on, this is a whole nother level of fire. I cannot wait. It's almost, so I'm, I'm going to sidetrack this for a quick second. So at AUW, right, we were watching, I was watching uh, Chaz and Noah in the ring together. And I was like, God, this is a, this is one of the best matches I've seen live. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. And, like, uh, I just imagine, like, because they, obviously, they're two larger-than-life personalities. Um, but it's, like, what, it's, I can only imagine, like, so these guys, obviously, Joey Janela and uh, John Moxley, like, on a whole nother platform. And it's, like, I don't know, man. It's I'm, I'm excited to see these two personalities kind of mix. Because, you know, they have different styles. But, um Watching Joey Janela go through the table at aid uh, at uh, Double or Nothing uh, a couple you know last uh, that pay review was was crazy, and then knowing that he's coming back from his <laughs> blow his knee knee blowout that he suffered yeah. last uh, the year before, you know I'm I'm just glad to see him back, and I'm I'm glad to see that you know the bad boy is 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 back in business. So it's cool to see all the stuff kind of play out. Absolutely. Nice. So, so I'm my, excited. So my big question for you, I guess, if you could book a fantasy matchup for AEW right now, what? Who are you booking? Like, as let's call it your main event. Let's call it, other than obviously Adam Hangman Page. He's going to be wrestling uh, Chris Jericho at All Out. What's your ideal match? Ooh. Okay. My ideal. Deal match. They've got so many talented people. I would say my 
ideal match right now. And I have no idea how we if we would set it up or anything like that. But just from two guys that I would love to see mix it up that I know would create something that would last in our memories for a very long time, I would put Hangman Page up against Kenny Omega. That that would be a fun match. That would be a lit ass match. I, think... I feel like that match would be really fantastic. I would say either that match or Kenny Omega versus Pop. I was that's the one I was thinking actually. That's actually one match I was thinking <sighs> I would love to see happen. <laughs> I just I couldn't imagine like two bigger forces just colliding into each other. It just it would just be amazing exactly. to watch. I can't lie. Either way, neither match would would disappoint. They would be amazing. I was gonna say I can't lie. I would like to see the Young Bucks versus uh, Super Smash Bros. I feel like that would be a fun matchup because those guys are just those guys are just straight violent. And oh. then obviously you have the Super Cake Party. I'm just like. I would I would see that match. I want to see that match now. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, especially because it was the a cool shame thing too. About eight... Go ahead. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Cliff. Oh, I was gonna say it was it was definitely a shame to see Super Smash Bros. come out and like the crowd was out there like chanting like "Who are you? Who are you?" I was like, "Yo, that's that's disrespectful." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Now I will admit I I wasn't too familiar with them when they showed up. I had to I had to go uh, research them after they uh, they uh, debuted at Double or Nothing, but uh, they seem pretty they seem pretty cool. I'm yeah. looking forward to. There's a lot of guys in, in AEW that I'm familiar with that I've seen, but there's also a lot of guys that I'm not so familiar with. So I'm gonna have a lot of fun digging. And researching these people. Yeah. And getting to know more about them. Speaking of having to research and get to know yeah. new people, uh, how did you feel about all the name changes at NXT? Hmm. Some of them I like. Others, not so much. It's I guess it's a it's a weird thing anytime someone that you're real familiar with goes to WWE and gets a hold. As it's it's weird. Like it's weird seeing Shane Strickland not be Shane Strickland because I'm so familiar with Shane Strickland. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get used to it in time. Like every, I feel like every new name is weird. Like uh, seeing uh, Kevin Steen become Kevin Owens, that was a weird one for me. But now I don't even think anything of it. It just is what it is. When uh, Seth Rollins was no longer Tyler Black, that was really weird. But now, don't even think anything of it. Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins. Right. <laughs> or even even uh, in the case of John Moxley. Getting used to calling him John Moxley again and not Dean Ambrose feels weird. Right. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I agree. Sean Spears, you're not calling him Ty Dillinger yeah. anymore. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's just name changes. They're weird at first, but we'll get used to them in time and we won't even think about it anymore. So, well, and I bring it up, right? Because I find this interesting. So the latest episode of NXT, right, was the Bel Air show uh, up here in Maryland. Yes. Um, And I was at that show. And I know they ran the promo mm-hmm. for Damian Priest. And I was like, well, no, because he was on that show for Bel Air. And he was on as uh, Punishment Martinez. And he beat Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. I, was like, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I was like, so <laughs> what? <laughs> and now I find out that, you know, uh, Damian Priest actually had a match with Keith Lee. Uh, at the at the last tapings, spoiler alert. Sorry guys, um, I won't tell you who won, but <laughs> they had a match, and I was like, "Oh damn, that's crazy!" And it's like, uh, it, I hope I hope that their match um, on NXT tapings when we get to see it was as good as it was when I was at the Bel Air show, because it was it was on a whole nother level. Yeah. And I found it interesting too because the Candice LeRae match, Kushida, and then even. Um, the Undisputed Era tag match, um, it was the way they filmed it too. It was really weird because I think if I remember right, they went to intermission, they came back, Kushida was up first, then Candace, and then uh, Undisputed Era. And the show they had, and on the show it was uh, Candace, Kushida, and then they had um, Undisputed Era with uh, Olney and Birch. Mm-hmm. It was just the way it was filmed was very weird, and I was like, "Oh!" And then it ended obviously with uh, Jackson getting taken to the back. I just I don't know, man. It was really it was really cool, and I had actually I was on I was listening to Russell talk, and uh, I shouted mm-hmm. out at them. I was like, "If you had only been there for some of these other matches that had happened at the Bel Air show, it would have it would have put <laughs> you on your ass because it was so good." Yeah, the NXT live events, they're fantastic. I've been to three or four of them. I can't remember, but every time it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I think... there was a, at one of them, there was a NXT title defense. This is when uh, Andrade was the champion, and he defended the title against Roderick Strong. And when it was over, I thought to myself, I may have said it out loud, but I definitely thought to myself, that is one of the best matches I have ever witnessed. And I feel so sad for everyone (laughs) that isn't in this building and will never know how fantastic that match just was. Right. (laughs) I I can understand that. Uh, No, I definitely could get that. Um, I know, like, it was crazy because we saw... So, this was... So I had taken my daughter to this to this event, and it was um, the first time that she has actually been to a WWE event, and um, mm-hmm. she was kind of she was kind of dozing off, but as soon as Casey Canzano came out, she actually wrestled Shayna Baszler for the women's title, for the NXT women's title, okay. and Casey did that handstand on the top rope that she always does that turns into like a head scissor takeover, and uh. You know, my daughter, she that she lit up. She's woke up from whatever 
coma she was in and she was like oh my god daddy my mind is blown <laughs> and uh she was so happy and i i guess i just missed her because she was out taking pictures with the fans and stuff like that and i guess i had just missed her but i shouted out at her i was like you had you know you're my daughter's top five and she was like tell her i said thank you and i was like holy shit she responded <laughs> but um i have to tell you the main event for that match was on fire too, right? So you had uh, Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle, and Adam Cole in a triple threat match for the North American title. And I was like, bro, this match was so lit. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I can no, only imagine. No one's going to be able to see that match. <laughs> so I definitely feel how you're feeling when you're talking about Andrade versus uh, Roderick. I was like, man, yep. I know that feeling because no one's going to ever know that match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So that kind of wrap, um, I don't know, that's really kind of all that's there to talk about. Like I said, it was kind of a boring week for WWE, AEW, you know, it's obviously made their huge announcements. NXT is always on fire, uh, but the Bella show was definitely amazing because, you know, I was there. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so Chris, why don't you go ahead, uh, give them your handles, plugs, everything you want to do, man, promote the show, do what you do. Thanks, Cliff. Once again, thank you for having me on. Uh, you guys can follow me, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. I'm everywhere. Uh, Chris Idol 22. That's the number 22. Uh, follow WCF, WCF Wrestling on uh, Instagram, uh, underscore WCF Wrestling on Twitter, WCF Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, check out Wrestling Madness in two weeks. It's going to be a heck of a show. Uh, and once again, Cliff, thank you for having me. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thank you for accepting an invite to come on tonight. Uh, I know it was kind of like close to last minute, so I was definitely appreciative that you were able to get, uh, you know, clear some time and come talk with us. Um, you guys can find me at on Reddit, Discord, Snapchat, Instagram, PS4, wherever you name it, you'll find it there. Uh, CM underscore Miller 85. So if you're thinking CM Punk, yes, that's exactly what it's like. CM underscore Miller. Um, yeah, you guys find me there. Uh, you guys can also find me on Franken Culture, attached with, uh, Frankensteiner, this program right here. Uh, we have Get the KO, as well as, uh, Nerds Around Table, so you guys can check us all there. And then you can listen to us on all your favorite, uh, uh, podcasting services, you know, including Podcoin. So, guys, go out, check us out, uh, give us some support, and, uh, give us a like, and we'll get you guys back. Uh, Go ahead, Chris. Tell him bye. All right, guys. Until next time. And we will see you guys later. Later.